Welcome to the Global Venturing Review Podcast. My name's James Morrison, founder and editor-in-chief of our three publications, Global Corporate Venturing, Global University Venturing, and Global Impact Venturing. Great pleasure to be back once again on our podcast with Thierry Hellis. Welcome, Thierry. Hello, Jim. How is it going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I've had a funny old week in some ways. It's definitely ending on the brighter note, but I managed to injure my eye at the start of the week, so it's uh, <laughs> been, a, been a tale of two halves in some ways on that side of things. Uh, that's yeah that's that's that doesn't sound like fun the eye as well not not great yeah it's a busy time of year as we come towards christmas you've got things to do and you know a bit of work and not being able to look at the screen or or catch up with some things means there's a there's a pile load of stuff so i'm actually quite looking forward to this podcast because it gives me a good chance to hear the insights and the latest news and catch me up a bit on what i've missed so what's what's been happening what what's been big three of the week well, you've, you've missed a fairly big one. As you said, it's edging towards the end of the year, but Kwaishu is lining up one of the year's largest rounds, having reportedly secured $2 billion from Tencent as part of a Series F round it plans to formally close at $3 billion in the coming weeks. The round will value the short-form video platform at $28.6 billion, and it's expected to be the last before a planned IPO. Tencent stake currently, well, Tencent stake will stand at almost 20%. Yeah, fascinating. That's a, definitely a big one to have missed. But uh, I think definitely Tencent's uh, feeling the bite from having missed uh, ByteDance, pun badly intended, obviously. ByteDance runs the TikTok short-form video platform that's really taken not just China, but more internationally the storm by storm, particularly in the US, and created some waves there. So I think Tencent which missed out of it, is, uh, is looking to Kwashu to, uh, to try and pick up some of the pieces, actually, and uh, make sense from their point of view. But that's a big round. But uh, Tencent, actually, is one of the more interesting players they, uh, they put out between sort of you know, almost all of their free cash flow each year into corporate venturing, and that can work out at almost $10 billion a year. So that's a good chunk of it in one deal. It really is, yeah. Well, speaking of the uh, the big ones, healthcare consortium Kaiser Permanente oversees one of the oldest corporate venture units in the Bay Area in Kaiser Permanente Ventures, and it has just closed its fifth fund at $141 million. Fund 5 has also brought additional corporates on board, taking in contributions from Highmark Health's Highmark Ventures subsidiary, Tufts Health Plan and Henry Ford Health System. It now has some $500 million under management. Yeah, I mean, um, Kaiser Permanente has definitely been one of the strong performers and it's been one of the, the trends of the year, actually, is seeing sort of corporate venturing units that have a good track record, think about how they institutionalise their practice in some ways, provide some leverage for the main corporate limited partner to, to bring in some external assets while retaining the strategic focus on a sector or theme. But also it provides a degree of sort of robustness, you know, if the main parent struggles a little bit with cash to, you know, to have our external limited partners and to have a structure which enables it to go forward. So seems a sensible move by a top tier unit. So uh, congrats to uh, Sam and the rest of the team over there. Hmm, very interesting. Well, another big news is that Indian ride hailing platform Ola is preparing to enter, well, it preparing to enter London though it is already present in other UK markets. But in the longer term, and the more interesting part here, is that it's set early 2021 as the point when it will formally begin IPO preparations. 
It's already hired consultants and reportedly intends to cut headcount by 5% as part of those plans. SoftBank, Tencent, Didi Xuxing, Hyundai and Kia are all investors in the company. Yeah, fascinating. There's been a there's been a bit of hit and miss in the Indian market for a number of groups. People like SoftBank were in the press this week for perhaps struggling a little bit with some of the big deals that they've done in the Indian market and you know, but others such as obviously Naspers or what is now called Process Ventures have had a, have had a great number of successes such as Flipkart, which they sold to Walmart for about seventeen billion dollars. That. So, you know, so I think the Indian market's fascinating, but we're starting to see that same sort of play that uh, that uh, we're seeing out of some of the Chinese companies that some of the big successful venture-backed Indian startups are thinking much more about their international plays in the way that we've seen from some of the Chinese groups, which obviously mentioned by Dart and TikTok and, you know, others. We think about Alibaba and their sort of international expansion around Africa, Southeast Asia. Tencent, obviously, through their corporate engine strategy, being quite successful, and, uh, and others beyond. So, uh, you know, so it's uh, interesting to see quite where the Indian market is and whether they're still that three, maybe four years behind where the Chinese market is. But certainly, certainly, org as well, I think. And we could do with a bit of competition in London, given that Uber was uh, wrapped over the knuckles and potentially could have its license taken away, subject to an appeal for, uh, for not to. Uh, necessarily having safety at the top of uh, of its mind. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was uh, Uber's not having the best of time in London at the moment. But um, yeah, always good to have competition around. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, I think Ola's probably could time that well. If Uber suddenly gets struck down, then uh, Lyft doesn't have much of an international presence. Didi Xuxing, you know, is focused more on emerging markets. You know, so Ola could uh, steal a march there. Might be, it might be the timing might work. Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck to them. And in global corporate venturing and global university venturing crossover news, we have wellness services and goods provider CureFit, which is in talks with Singaporean state-owned Tomasek to raise $100 million in a round, reportedly set to boost its valuation from $575 million to $800 million. The former valuation was sealed in a $120 million round closed in June that included Unilever Ventures, and the prospective new funding would support the growth of CureFit's EatFit and CareFit divisions. UCRNT Fund, which is a joint vehicle formed by University of California and Ratan Tata, the chairman emeritus of Tata Sons, had injected $25 million back in 2016. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, really interesting deal. It's a number of themes in terms of sort of wellness and you know, personalised care. You know, the fact that Unilever and State Aid to Marseille are sort of big investors is uh, a real sign of uh, top tier support in many ways. And, um, you know, it's a great, uh, great success for the um, UCRNT fund. We've actually got a partnership through, thanks to Global University Venturing and Global Corporate Venturing with the University of California. And they've nominated some competition winners to present at our GCVI summit at the end of January in California. And so we'll be able to actually have about eight or 10 of their top tier entrepreneurs, given that they've got about 1.8 million alumni and they're all in Silicon Valley. You know, this is really a who's who of the international entrepreneurial ecosystem presenting to about 800 corporations with about $10 trillion of aggregate annual revenue. So it's going to be the, the perfect meeting of world class entrepreneurs meeting 
top tier investors and I think this pure fit um, is a perfect example of what's possible out there at a, a massive valuation. So congrats to Cure Fit and I'm super excited to see who's next coming down the pipe from UC. Yeah, oh definitely. This uh it's one of my favourite uh, parts of GCBI Summit, the uh UC pitch. So yeah, very look very much looking forward to that again. I was gonna say this year, which it's it's a month away, so it feels like it's still there. <laughs> I know, I know. We're still fi- finishing off the annual review and uh World of Corporate Venturing and uh, the Rising Stars and Emerging Leaders list on that side. And you're doing a lot on University Venture and Peace around the sort of looking ahead for 2020. So all feels exciting. Then after that, we, obviously, we've got the GCB Symposium, which will be our 10th uh, decade of the GCB annual conferences in London, which next year will be the 3rd or 4th of June. So, gosh, we're already having to think about that. Yeah, yeah, I started to reach out to people for that as well. So, uh, yeah, look, exciting to that. It's... Uh... It's kind of amazing, 10 years. I mean, I've only been around for six, I think. But um, yeah, it's. we'll have to, we'll have to get you a cake, Jim. So uh, congratulate on uh, 10 years of running your own company. It uh, should, should, be a good, uh, should be a good event. Oh, thanks, Gary. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a nice thought. And, um, yeah, that sounds very pleasant. Uh, never say no to cake has always been a good motto. <laughs> <laughs> Stubby in good stead. Certainly, I, I tend to... Uh, Tend to eat my body weight each day, so uh, so that's uh, that's <laughs> less positive, but uh, yeah, but anyway, but, well, a bit like a hummingbird. Anyway, hey ho, um, <laughs> on to on to the uh, news in briefs. What what were the other deals that caught you right here? Well, reports a week ago stated that blockchain-based online lender Figure Technologies was set to announce a one hundred and three million dollars Series C round, and so it has. The company raising the cash from investors, including MUFG Innovation Partners. Round values figure, which is less than two years old, at $1.2 billion and increased its overall funding to $225 million. It's already originated $700 million in loans for home equity, mortgage and student loan refinancing. Staying in the financial area, business finance provider Confio has become the latest company to take in a nine-figure investment from SoftBank's $5 billion innovation fund, raising $100 million from the corporate. Confio aims to take advantage of increasingly strict business lending practices in Mexico by offering quick loans to small and medium-sized businesses through its data technology-equipped online platform, and it will use the capital to add features such as life insurance to its offering. Alphabet's Capital G unit, meanwhile, has bought an undisclosed amount of shares in data collaboration platform developer Dataiku from venture firm and existing investor Serena Capital at a reported $1.4 billion valuation, apparently 100 times that at which Serena co-led Dataiko's seed round. The company had raised approximately $146 million in primary funding as of a $101 million Series C round a year ago. Finaxel, the owner of Indonesian e-commerce credit provider Credivo, has secured $90 million at a $500 million valuation in a Series C round co-led by the Naver-backed Asia Growth Fund. Existing corporate investors, Telkomsel Indonesia and Singapore Telecommunications also provided funding as part of the round, which the company said brought its debt and equity financing to more than $200 million this year. Precision cancer drug developer Black Diamond Therapeutics has emerged from stealth with $194 million of funding. 85 million of which was just closed in a oversubscribed Series C round featuring Roche Venture Fund. Roche's corporate venturing vehicle participated in the round as an existing backer 
and Black Diamond intends to move its lead product candidate into a combined Phase 1-2 clinical trial in early 2020. Black Diamond's technology was co-developed by David Epstein, most recently Vice Dean of Innovation and Entrepreneurship and Associate Professor in Cancer and Stem Cell Biology at Duke NUS Medical School in Singapore. Then we have Impulse Dynamics, which has received $80.5 million in funding from investors including Minth Group, Salt Medical and Abiomed as it prepares to commercialise its heart failure treatment device in the US. Amazak Health Investors led the Series D round, which has increased the company's funding over the past four years to about $155 million. And Highspot has now raised $200 million altogether, having secured $75 million in a Series D1 round that included long-term backer Salesforce Ventures. The company, which has developed a software platform that optimizes sales performance, received $60 million in funding just six months ago through a Series D that included all the participants in the latest deal. AI technology developer IB took its total funding to $175 million in a $74 million Series A1 round featuring conglomerate Chao Tai Fook. The Chinese company has now racked up four rounds inside two years and its investor base includes fellow corporate backers Lenovo Capital and incubator group Red Star McElain and K11. And online automotive e-commerce platform Cardeco has secured $70 million in a round led by Peng An Global Voyager Fund at a $700 million valuation. The deal is the first for China-based Peng An's corporate venture vehicle in India, and Cardeco's existing investors also include Creative Media, Karaya, Capital G, Dentsu, and Bennett Coleman & Co. Funds, we've got a couple more here. Portak 3 Ventures, the fintech-focused venture capital firm formed by financial holding group Power Corporation, has closed its second fund at $321 million. CNP Assurance, the cooperators, IA Financial Group, Intact Financial Corporation, La Capital, SSQ Insurance, Aviva France, Harrell Insurance and Finance, Green Shield Canada and Alterna Savings were among the LPs, while Power Corporation Units, Power Financial, Great West Lifeco and IGM Financial anchored the vehicle. US-based venture capital firm Harlem Capital, meanwhile, has closed its inaugural fund at $40.3 million, with LPs including Vanderbilt University and surpassing its $25 million target and $40 million cap. Harlem Partners Venture Fund 1 engaged 55 LPs, including student startup-focused VC firm Dorm Room Fund, trade convention operator Consumer Technology Association, and private equity group TPG. Backers also include pension manager State of Michigan Retirement System, and philanthropic offices Harry and Jeanette Weinberg Foundation and W.K. Kellogg Foundation, as well as a long list of individual investors. Looking at exits, we have one more here. It was actually really quiet for exits this past week. Cybersecurity software producer Tenable has acquired Indigy, a US-based industrial cybersecurity technology developer backed by energy utility Centrica, Mass Media Group, Liberty Media, and diversified holding company Ofer Global for $78 million. Indigy had received $18 million in an August 2018 Series B round led by Liberty Media's corporate venturing arm, Liberty Technology Venture Capital, which had also included Centrica Innovations and OG Tech Ventures, respective units of Centrica and Ofer Global. Turnable will use Indigy's technology to strengthen its own cybersecurity capabilities in the operational technology environments, domain, and plans to integrate the technologies into a single platform 
in the first half of 2020. And finally, people, Joshua Augusta has joined Mandiri Capital, the VC arm of Indonesia-based financial services firm Bank Mandiri, as director of fund investments. Mandiri Capital hired Augusta following a stint of more than four years at MDI Ventures, Telecom Indonesia's corporate venturing unit. He'd been head of portfolio from early 2017 to September 2018, before being promoted to VP of investments. And Doran Ben Meir has resigned as VP for Enterprise at University of Melbourne, ending a five-year tenure at the institution. Ben Meir began the post in mid-2016 with a mandate to shape University of Melbourne's enterprise strategy. He also chaired standalone commercial services arm University of Melbourne Commercial, which is set to close in a restructuring effort, and was executive director for research, innovation and commercialization between mid-2015 and 16. Thanks, Jeremy. And I think, didn't Doran, didn't you invite him to our university venturing conference in Houston last year, actually? I'm sure he came to that. Um, Yes. Yeah, yes, he was, he was one of the speakers at the Gulf Summit in the US. Yes. Very nice man. Only met him that one time, but um, yeah, I'll keep a close eye on, on, on where he ends up. He, uh, he hasn't really revealed too much. I think he's going back into uh, closer working with startups, but um, yeah. No, he's very impressive. He gave a great talk and... Um, you know, it's a fascinating to see what they've been up to. I think he'd come out of government as well as so setting policy. So it was a good eye and uh, I think he was doing a good job there. So, um, no, very good. So thanks for the news there, Jerry. And, um, yeah, I think we're all ready. Any final Christmassy thoughts? We'll have another podcast over the next week or two and then we'll sort of probably close down for the holiday season. <sighs> so close now. <laughs> it does feel like we're in the sort of final rush before we flop over the line and then can raise a glass. <laughs> It really does. <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> well, we'll be raising a glass next Friday, so uh, at our own Christmas party. So uh, might have to record it Saturday. Well, we'll we'll get the news out to people. That's that's what we do. So we'll we will find a way. Don't worry. <laughs> With the Canadian Mounties of the corporate venture ecosystem, <laughs> <laughs> news always gets through. All right. Well, have a good weekend, and um, thanks everyone. Else. You too. Cheers, Jim. Bye. And if you have any feedback, comments, questions, feel free to email me. You can reach me at thehelis at globaluniversityventuring.com. That is T-H-E-L-E-S at globaluniversityventuring.com. You can also, you can also leave us a comment on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you feel so inclined and you enjoy this podcast, please recommend us to your friends and colleagues and maybe even your enemies. And thank you very much to all those of you that have already done so. With that, I wish you a productive week and we will be back with you next Monday. We will find a way. Goodbye. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.